Hey, you're listening to the Encounter Church podcast. To learn more about Encounter Church, visit us at ecdenver.org, or you can find us on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. Thank you for listening. I want to talk to you today about earthquake Christianity. Earthquake Christianity. Wow, what is that? What is earthquake Christianity? I'll tell you what it is right up front. It's a type of Christianity that really gets God's attention. It's, got, it's the kind of Christianity that God smiles at, and God n- notices it and makes a mark on it. And we're going to be looking at three different events in the Bible that God showed up with literally an earthquake, and it was basically God saying, I like what my people are doing, and I'm showing up on their behalf. God is a God of earthquakes. Now, I'm not talking about earthquakes like this one that destroyed whatever that background is, destroyed some building there. God is a God, though in the book of Revelation, there are going to be some severe earthquakes. And so there is going to be a lot of shaking going on. Shake, rattle, and roll. Hang on, folks. But God is a God of earthquakes in a spiritual sense as well. God wants us to walk in spiritual power And he'll show up if we'll trust him to do that. And he'll cause earthquakes to happen spiritually that will transform your life. God is not sitting on a back row, twiddling his thumbs, hoping something to happen. God is actively involved in this world. God is actively involved in your life. And you're saying, I don't even see what he's doing. He's doing it. He's always doing it. He's a God of love and love is action. And love never fails, it says in Corinthians. So I want to start with a scripture in 2 Corinthians, and it should be on your screen, on the screen. I don't have all the scriptures on the screen, but I want you to see this one. Where Paul says this, starting in verse 3, 2 Corinthians 10. 2 Corinthians, yeah. For though we walk in the flesh, say, flesh, flesh. you, flesh. Though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. We do not war according to the flesh. Hmm, how about that? Or the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but divinely powerful. For the destruction of... Notice all the language here of warfare and battles. We all want peace in our life. I want peace. And there's a psalm that the psalmist wrote, we are for peace, but they are for war. David wrote that. And I'm for peace. I'm a peaceful guy. But I have bad news for you. When you got born into this world, not born again, just born, you entered into a battle that started in the book of Genesis. Jesus or uh, Satan and God went, went head to head. Well, Satan's kind of lower than God as far as head to head. But when Adam and Eve fell, a war erupted on this earth. You and I were born into this earth and we walked into that war because we are sons of Adam until we become sons of God in Christ. Then when you become a son or daughter of God by being born again, you enter into a whole nother war, a spiritual battle. And some Christians don't want that. Well, I'm sorry, I don't either, but we're in it. We're here. And it's not easy sometimes. And the battle rages, and Paul uses warfare scripture a lot in his writings. Paul himself experienced a lot of warfare because the devil doesn't like you. 
Everybody say, poor me. No, don't say that. The devil doesn't like you. I do. Jesus does. The Father does. The person near you does. But Satan doesn't like you. Why? Because you look like Jesus. And he hates Jesus. And Jesus is in you. And he's trying to stop Jesus in you from getting out of you. So he pushes you down, kicks you around, tells you to shut your mouth and get in a corner and don't do anything. But God has other plans. So in this verse, it says, we don't, not, we don't war according to the flesh, for the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but divinely powerful for the destruction of fortresses. Now, this is all spiritual language. Paul's not telling us to go, go downtown and rip down a bank. You know, he's not telling us to rip down a physical building. This is spiritual truth, but the spiritual th- truth is applicable. But Paul is telling us there's weapons that we have. I want to look with you today at three weapons that have to do with God showing up in an earthquake. Three weapons that have to do with God showing up in an earthquake. And I like it when God shows up, don't you? I was at the park the other day, and there's a park by our house. And uh, I, Sharon, my dear wife Sharon and I, we, we do the, the loop around the park. It's a great loop. Um, but peewee football plays there on Saturdays. Cute little guys. It's funny to watch, just this past Saturday, I, was, I, I stopped walking, number one, because I was tired. <laughs> number two, I wanted to see the peewee football. So I, I stopped and I started watching them. The funny thing about peewee football is you also have coaches and parents. <laughs> the peewee guys are having a blast. They're just out there having fun, playing PBF. I mean, these are little kids with, with their, you know, the full suit. This is, they have helmets and pads. And these guys are little guys. But they're out there hitting each other, having a ball. But the parents and the coaches, and I was watching this, and it just dawned on me. It's kind of like what we go through as Christians. The coach is yelling, let go of the ball. Throw the ball. The parent is yelling, hold on to the ball. Run with it. <laughs> Go left, go right, somebody tackle more. You don't tackle enough. Get over on this side of the line. Tackle over here. And they were on it, and I was just laughing on the inside, probably a little bit on the outside, that these little guys were being told a hundred different ways to play the game by the coaches and the parents. And my heart went out to them because I could see them looking over at the sideline. Which, what, who do I listen to? You know? Well, God is not a God of confusion. He's given us a few weapons, and he's not yelling at us, try this one, try that one, go here, go there. God's not confused. Now, there are things to, happening today in the body of Christ. If you, if you look at different ministries, go on the website, check out YouTube, and check out uh, podcasts, there's a lot of opinions going on spiritually. Have you noticed? Uh, World War III is going to break out tomorrow. No, it could be next year. Uh, the rapture could have happened today. Well, I, I hope it does. I kinda, I, I'm a believer of the rapture, but I don't know what's going to happen. Uh, Putin is going to invade Israel probably in the next six months. Uh, the body of Christ, we're going to go through hell on, on earth. And, and I heard one guy even this morning a guy saying, we're not going to experience any revival in the earth today. It's not about a revival. It's about the church going through suffering. And I'm thinking, hey, I'll take the suffering, but give me the revival too. You know, there's a lot of people out there in the body of Christ, leaders and otherwise, some of them good. I'm not putting down a lot of the prophecy teachers and everything. I think there's some good stuff. But folks, be very careful that you stay in the book. Stay in the Bible. You're hearing voices all the time. I, I try to stay in touch. 
with who's teaching, what they're teaching, scripturally, etc. But I hear the coaches and the parents on the sideline, let go, hold on, run left, go right, you know, get on your knees and pray for an hour. No, prayer won't work now. Get out there and witness. No, stay home, it's scary. <laughs> Whatever, a lot of things going on. But God, God's not doing that to us. He gives, now he gives us a few other weapons. I'm gonna share with you just three. Just three weapons, and there's not that many. God makes it simple for us. The first weapon is in 1 Samuel chapter 13. We're not going to have time to read all the scripture because, uh, because we don't. But I love, I love this passage of scripture because it talks about one of, the, one of my heroes of the Old Testament. And you're thinking it's probably King David. Well, he is one of my heroes. But it's Jonathan, the son of Saul. Do you know Jonathan was a hero of faith before David even came on the scene? Before David showed up, there was Jonathan with his father Saul fighting the Philistines. And the first earthquake that we see, and all three of these examples I'm going to share with you, each one has an earthquake. This earthquake happened in 1 Samuel 14, verse 15. And there was a trembling in the camp and in the field and among all the peoples. Even the garrison and the raiders trembled and the earth quaked so that it became a great trembling. Jonathan got God's attention so that God showed up with an earthquake saying, I like what Jonathan just did, and I'm going to put my stamp of approval on it, and I'm going to shake the Philistine camp to, to ashes. So, and that's exactly what God did. What did Jonathan do that God's attention? Well, here's the funny thing. Jonathan and Saul, the king and his son, all of the people of Israel were under bondage to the Philistines. The Philistines at this time ran everything. The Jews were living in caves and huts and fear and all kinds of stuff. They only had two swords. Now think about it. This is all in here, by the way. I'm not making this up. They only had two swords. Jonathan had a sword. I'm talking about a sword to fight the Philistines. Jonathan had a sword. There were no other swords. Why? Because the Philistines did not allow them to have blacksmiths in Israel. So the Philistines had thousands, you can read this, thousands of chariots, thousands of soldiers, thousands of weapons, and all Jonathan and Saul, his father, Saul, King Saul, and the tribe of Israel, all they had was two swords. Everything else, they used hoes and pitchforks and whatever they could get their hands on. Two swords. So what did Jonathan do? Jonathan took his sword. He had one of them. And he said to his little armor bearer, little guy, I guess, you know, who knows? Armor bearer, come on, we're going. Where are we going, Jonathan? We're going to go out. We're going to fight the Philistines. Uh, hold on, Jonathan. It's you, only you and me. You got a sword. I got a pitchfork. There's thousands of them. There's two of us. Hang on, buddy. Now, Jonathan was the prince of Israel. He could have become king. The other thing I like about Jonathan, he humbled his heart and stepped aside for David to become king. Jonathan could have stepped into the throne of his father. He said, no, God's called David. I'm stepping away from it. And he did. And so Jonathan says, come on, let's go. And they go up to this mountain. It's, a, it's, a, it's called Michmash. It's a mountain, and there were two sides to it. One side, the Hebrew word means glorious. The other side means thorny. 
And Jonathan took his guy and he said, let's go through this because the Philistines are on the other side of this. And the, and the armor bearer is looking at glorious and thorny. That's the name of these little sides of the mountain. And he's saying, oh, I hope it's going to be glorious and not thorny. <laughs> and Jonathan said, come on. Okay, they went. So what did Jonathan have with him? He had a sword. He went down the side of the mountain. The Philistines said, hey, come. You think you're a big shot? And there's a lot more to the story. You can read it in chapter 14 and 13. Jonathan said, come on, let's go meet him. He met the Philistines with one sword, conquered that group of Philistines at that time. It says there were around 20 or 30 of them in that particular garrison. And God looked at that boldness, that faith, that courage with one sword. And the sword represents, according to Ephesians chapter 6, the word of God. Jonathan took the word of God and said, God and his word are enough. I'm going over there. Now, Saul, his father, was hiding with 600 men on the other side of the hill under a tree, shaking in their little boots, just like when David showed up with Goliath. Saul and his men were shaking. David said, I'm going to go after it. The Philistines have always been a symbol of destruction against God's people. What's coming against you today? What battle are you facing? And really, one of the names of Philistine is destroyer, if you look at it in the Hebrew. Destroyer. Who is the destroyer? Jesus tells us who. Who is it? John 10, 10? The, the devil. The thief comes what? To steal, kill, destroy. How do you overcome the destroyer? Same way Jonathan did, with the sword of the spirit, the word of God. And I'm telling you guys right now, if you're not in the Bible every day, you're, 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 you're a target. Oh, you're thinking, Pastor Reese is away and you're yelling at us. <laughs> That's the only time I have. No, you got to read the Bible. You got to know the word of God. And I'm appalled, can I be honest? I'm appalled at how many Christians don't read the Bible that often. But it's the same thing Jonathan, he had a sword. He's the only one with the sword. And he went right down to the camp of the Philistines and he said, I have the word of God. I have the sword. I have God on my side. And he conquered them and God showed up with an earthquake. Said, I like that guy. He trusts me. He believes my word. And he's not afraid to take my word and speak it. What do you mean by that, Pastor Pat? Just simple things like this. I just, here's a confession sheet. And I say this periodically. Now, I'm not like Marilyn. You know, Pastor Marilyn, she's very disciplined with this stuff. She goes through her confessions every morning with coffee and, and praise. And I do mine periodically. I don't do, you know, I'm not St. Paul here. I'm, I'm St. Pat. Uh, <laughs> But I do my best. But I use this one. I use this. It says, because of what Jesus did, I am alive with Christ. Because of what Jesus did, I have received the power of the Holy Spirit. And he can do miraculous things through me. Because of what Jesus did, all circumstances I live in, I live by faith in God. Because of what Jesus did, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Because of what Jesus did, I am not a victim of fear, but, of, but the power of the Holy Spirit lives in me. And you can go on and on. Because of what Jesus did, these scriptures are the truth. 
So how do you get to know these scriptures? You got to read the Bible. You got to pick up your sword. Some of it's, it's kind of dusty in your house. Get that sword off the mantle. Dust it up. Tell the devil you're coming after him with one of the scriptures. Is he destroying your home, your marriage, your money, your kids? What is he after? Take the sword to it. Cut off the head of the Philistine. You watch God show up with an earthquake. He'll have an earthquake in your business that moves the trouble out. He'll have an earthquake in your family that gets life back into your home. We serve a great, big, wonderful God. Isn't that what you were just talking about, Pastor Dave? What's the name of that song? Great big God? Great, yeah, that one. (laughs) Great are you, Lord. We sing it, do we believe it? How does God demonstrate himself in this earth? His word. Right here, it's called the Bible. You want God to show up, stand on his word. He'll He'll have an earthquake there waiting for you. This is Jesus, and Jesus is his word. Folks, come on. We're living in desperate times. We can't just play piddlywinks, whatever that game is. But you can't. You've got to get serious about these spiritual matters. You've got to pick up. I'm going to talk to you about three weapons today. The first weapon is the word of God. But I'm telling you right now, we are living in desperate times. I believe in the rapture, but I don't know what's going to happen. I might be here through some dark stuff. There's some things happening in Israel. If we lived over there, I bet we'd be on our knees a whole lot more. I bet we would. If we were living in war zones, physical war zones, I bet we'd be a lot more serious about our walk. But kind of we live in spiritual war zones, which are still serious, but we don't take it as serious. Please, just from one, one dude to another, please read your word. Please read the Bible. Please read it daily. Use the scriptures that God's put in it because trust me, the devil will knock at your door. The destroyer will come and he is filled with rage. The second earthquake, and I love this one. Second earthquake, if you have a Bible or your phone or whatever you might have, go to Acts chapter 5 or uh, Acts chapter 4. Acts chapter 4. Here's an earthquake with that very familiar verse. Acts chapter 4. Let's just read about the earthquake first, verse 31. And when they had prayed, the place where they had gathered together was what? Shaken. And they were all filled with who? The Holy Spirit. And began to speak the word of God with boldness. Here are the apostles praying together. Here's the second weapon. The first weapon is know the word, speak the word, live the word. The second second weapon is unified prayer. Now, you can pray on your own individually, and that's great, but there is really nothing that can take, well, I shouldn't say that. It's all equal, but unified prayer, together prayer. Together prayer can be powerful stuff. How how many have been in a meeting with a few other Christians and God sent, quote, an earthquake? (laughs) You've, you've, You've seen the power of God show up in that prayer meeting. He loves it. God loves his word. He showed up for Jonathan. God loves prayer. He showed up for these people, the apostles. What were they doing? They were simply at the temple preaching the word. So Jonathan fought the Philistines, typical of the enemy coming against our life. But they were fighting religion, a religious spirit at the temple. 
And the religious spirit was trying to shut them down. Stop preaching in that name. Stop telling the people about Jesus. And literally, they were telling them that. Stop telling everybody he's raised from the dead. And so the religious system was trying to shut down the apostles. How many here have, don't raise your hand, how many here have ever experienced a religious spirit or system trying to shut down your freedom in Christ, the grace of Christ, the power of the Holy Spirit, praying in other tongues, the gifts of the Spirit, being a witness with power? Many times the religious spirit comes against us and tries to tell us, shut your mouth, quit talking about that. Same thing. We are facing the same thing they face, religious spirits. They, in that day, they're called Pharisees, Sadducees, uh, can't you see, and Echo Bees, you know. And they were, they were, they were bold. They, said, they basically went back and said, listen here. We respect your office, but who are we going to obey, you or God? God said, go preach at the temple. You're telling us not to. I believe we're going to believe God and obey God. So what happened to them? They got in bigger trouble. And what did they do? They kept on preaching. What's the second thing God likes? So notice what they did here. After that chapter 4, you can read the whole chapter. Verse 29, now, Lord, take note of their threats and grant that your bondservants may speak your word with all confidence. Say this with me. God, give me confidence to speak your word. Give me confidence to speak your word. Come on, lions of Judah out there. Come on. Some of you, I know, some of you are very bold. In fact, I think you've got me born again three times. <laughs> You're amazing. Some of you lack confidence and even squeak out the name of Jesus at the grocery store or whatever. G, 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 Jesus. Why? Because we don't have confidence. We're afraid of what people might think, say, do, or whatever. Have confidence. So they're praying, God, give us confidence. See, it's okay to ask for it. While you extend your hand to heal, signs and wonders take place through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And when they had what? Prayed. The place where they had gathered was shaken. When they prayed, when they prayed, when they prayed, God showed up. When they prayed, a shaking happened. When they prayed, what is, what is God saying? I think God's smiling over them, saying, wow, you're putting your faith in me. You don't care what the, the, the enemy's trying to do to you. Your prayer is simply getting in relationship with the Father, asking him, trusting him, obeying what you hear. God is saying, okay, you're coming to me. You're not in fear of these religious leaders. The ground begins to shake, and it says they were filled with the Holy Spirit and power. But these guys were filled in Acts chapter 2 with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. What is this being filled with the Holy Spirit again? You can have that happen, you know. Over and over if you need it. You can be filled with the Holy Spirit. You can be re-energized. You can be re-stirred with the Holy Spirit. We all need that. We all need it today. The way some of you are looking at me now, you really need it. No. <laughs> I'm kidding. You're lovely. Lovely. Say, Pat, you, we thought you were nice. I really am. Ask Sharon. But <laughs> uh, No, don't ask. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> so the second weapon, the first weapon is the word of God. The second weapon where God showed up with an earthquake is prayer. Pray, get with prayer groups, go to home groups, 
Come Wednesday night if you want to just sit quietly with God, his face in place. Come Friday night, once a month or twice a month, Friday night, uh, a group of uh, people meet here for group prayer. And they can, you can come for 15 minutes, come for three hours, whatever you want to come to. But come experience group prayer if you've never experienced it. And you say, well, I don't know how to do that. Just sit and watch then. Just pray quietly at your chair. But either way, folks, we got to pray. So you're telling me I have to be in the Bible? Yes. You're telling me I have to pray? Yeah. Yeah, I am. I am a pastor. What am I going to tell you? Read the Reader's Digest? <laughs> I mean, what are you going to hear from me? I'm not going to tell you anything else. It is the Bible. And it is prayer. What's the third weapon? The third weapon is in Acts chapter 16. You can guess what this is. What do you think it is? Say it. What? Who said it? There's a hundred bucks in it. No, it's not. <laughs> Acts chapter 16. Paul and Silas, they were walking through the town of Philippi. Brand new to Philippi. They hadn't been there uh, before. This is their first visit. Lydia gets born again. They start a Bible study. They start a prayer meeting. Interesting that Paul did this. One of the first things he started was a prayer meeting. Think about it. In Philippi, pagan, pagan city, pagan city, he gets Lydia saved. A bunch of other women and men got saved. They were walking to their meeting. It says they were going to where they were going to pray. While they were heading to pray, this girl comes up to him day after day, saying, this is the servant of God. This is the, the, the well, let's read what she said, because I'm butchering it. Um, These men are bond servants of the Most High God who are proclaiming to you the way of salvation. She continued doing this for many days, but Paul was greatly annoyed. <laughs> I don't think you want to get Paul annoyed. Not a good idea. And turned and said to the spirit, not to the girl. He loved the girl, but to the spirit. And the word spirit here that was controlling her was python, the python spirit, a, the, a, a, a word used for Satan himself, python. This girl was controlled by the devil in a way that was beyond anything we can understand. Paul said to the spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ, come out of her. And it came out at that very moment. They were heading to prayer. But what weapon did he use after this? Go down to verse 16, or uh, yeah, verse 25. But about midnight, they were thrown in jail. Paul and Silas were praying and singing, praying and singing. Some of you don't sing because you think you have a terrible voice. Well, you probably do, but God doesn't care. <laughs> Who cares? praying and singing hymns of praise to God. And the prisoners were listening to him. And suddenly there came a great, what? A great earthquake. Another earthquake. God shows up again. <laughs> God says, I like what they're doing. I like what Jonathan did. He took the sword of the word and went after it. I like what the apostles did. They took prayer. And I showed up with an earthquake. And I like what Silas and Paul are doing, they're in a difficult spot. Dark, ugly, dirty prison. Rats running everywhere. Thrown in, it basically says they threw them in the lesser of the prisons that were there. They were in a deep, dark place. What did Paul and Silas do? They said, oh, this is terrible. This is terrible. How did we get? Paul, you did it again. You got us into trouble. 
Oh, Silas, it's going to be okay. Uh, we're going to get out. It's going to be all right. Be patient. It's all right. Oh, they didn't moan and groan. They started praying and singing hymns to God. Thank you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. Praise your name. Praise your name. Praise your name. Doesn't matter if we're in prison. Doesn't matter if they beat us with rods. Doesn't matter if they hate us. Doesn't matter. They don't understand. They don't, uh, uh, they don't know you, Jesus. We do. We praise you that your name is being proclaimed. Your word is going forth. We love you. Thank you for saving us. Thank you for being with us. Thank you, mighty God, that you're our God, always our God. And God shows up with an earthquake. And God says, I like those two guys. These people don't care how bad it gets. They trust me. They sing to me. They praise me. In the midst, so what happened? The jailer got saved. You know the story. His whole house gets saved. The, the, <laughs> they get out of prison. The leadership of the Philippi comes and said, uh, please leave our town. Please get out. You're causing all kinds of disturbances here. Please leave. All they did was bring the love of God. See, the world doesn't understand us. They don't. Jonathan fought Philistines, the destroyer who tries to kill us and individually come against us. The apostles in the book of Acts, they were fighting a religious system, and they used prayer. Don't let religion rip off God's freedom in your life. The third one is they were fighting paganism in Philippi. The culture of Philippi, and I'm telling you today, you guys know this because you live in it. We live in a culture today. They're not going to understand you. They're not going to wrap their arms around you and say, gee, we love you Christians. We live in a culture that is so lost. I'm talking about America, and I love America. I is an American. <laughs> but we live in a culture just like Philippi's culture was lost. And you know what they touched? Paul and Silas, come on up, Bree. What Paul and Silas touched was the money part of the culture in Philippi. The person that got set free was making little idols and doing divination and everything, and she got free and she couldn't do it. And the, it says they were mad because they lost their profit. And that's what's happening in our culture today. Try to touch some of the organizations out there that are making millions of dollars based on their, their uh, agendas. Go after some of their agendas and see what comes back on you. It's all about money. It's all about the culture. And we have a culture too. It's called the kingdom of God. But don't look for our culture to love you. They didn't love Paul and Silas. Did they? They threw them in jail. Some of you are looking at me like, wow, what? what? We live in serious days. We have weapons we can use though. Let's stand on our feet, would you please? Stand on your feet. And kick the person near you. No, don't. I think you get the gist of what I'm saying. We are living in difficult days, but God shows up with earthquakes. God shows up with earthquakes because he likes what his people do. Use the word, be a prayer person, and praise God with all your heart. Sometimes we come to church, and I know we're tired. I know we drag in. I do too. But it's amazing once you get here, you can kind of get in, you know, stirred up. And, but we need to praise when we're singing songs. Sing a song to God. Don't worry about people near you. Sing a song to Jesus. Sing it out loud. Get your lungs filled with air and let it out. 
and let God touch your life in a new way with praise and worship. Because there are things that can happen right here, right now, and it's happening right now. In the midst of, we're going to go into another song. In this song, there's going to be things happening in this audience supernaturally. You say, why? Because God loves you. God will cause an earthquake here, right now, in your life to transform you. Because he he loves you. So you ready to praise God a little bit? You ready to press in a little bit? Come on, let's do it. Pastor Bree. I need to praise him. Oh, praise opens up the Come on. gates to prepare the way for the coming King. So let every knee bow low, making straight the
Thank you, Jesus. Did you have a little personal earthquake? I did. Say, where did that happen? In here. It's called my spirit man. Things get stirred up with God in there. I have great fellowship in here in my little teeny bit of overweight body. There's something that happens in my spirit. Same with you. The Holy Spirit comes. Every eye closed, please. Jesus. Now, so you can move from praise to just a quiet time with God. He can handle all of it. Jesus. Oh, Jesus. We need you. We need you, Jesus. We need confidence in you. We need boldness for you. We need you. We need to know your word. We need to obey it. Jesus, we need to praise you more and more. Jesus, he's walking in our midst right here, right now. The king of kings is it right here. Right here. So you mean he's always here? Yeah, he's always here. But there's something different going on. The king. The king is here. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Jesus. He's touching a couple young men. I don't know who you are. Young man, I see him putting his hand on you and he's making you a Jonathan. He's going to pour out on you a spirit that is strong in God. You young men, the Lord says, rise up. Rise up. Don't be afraid. My anointing is with you. My power is in you. Rise up. In me, serve me and let go of the things of this world. Jesus, Jesus, we love you, Jesus. How we need you. If you need physical healing, just receive just where you're at, on your own, between you and the Master. Just receive His touch. Blood problems, just say, Thank you for healing me. Thank you for healing me. Thank you for healing me. Whatever you're facing physically, just say, Thank you for healing me. Just receive. Jesus, mighty God, Father, here we are, gathered together, Encounter Church, the body of Christ. Help us to grow in you more. Help us to know you better. Draw us to a 
a higher place in your spirit. God, bring us out of where we're at. Take us to where you want us to go. Take us to where we need to go. We've got to go there. We've got to go there. Help us to be that in Christ. Christ in us. Lost in him. Lost in Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. How mighty you are. How wonderful. Jesus. Koravakata sababadi sababadi rambabadi sambabada randalavo sambabako shababadi online church I know you're watching you receive as well but I feel like the Lord is saying this and then we're going to have have to transition here I feel like the Lord is saying it's time the time of moving forward is now the time of boldness is now you see what's happening in this world look at it through the lens of my kingdom my spirit and my word these are not days for the weak these are days for the strong these are days for those who trust me these are days for those who will lay aside those weights that so easily beset you and let go of those childish ways this is a day of adulthood Christianity. And I'll help you get there, the Father said. I'll help you get there. Just spend time with me. Hallelujah. Know me. Serve me. I'll help you get to where I need you to go. Because you can't do it, but I can. I have, and I will. Together we'll move forward. As a church, and as an individual, We'll walk into glorious places. Good things will come. Father, help that to be true for all of us. Move us to where you want us to be. We receive that. Now, every eye closed, please, before we end this service. If you're here this morning, if you've never given your life to Jesus Christ, if you haven't, this is your moment. Because... Jesus has already been waiting for you. <laughs> He's been waiting for you. Now will you respond? If you've never said yes to Jesus, save me, help me, this is your moment. Save me, Jesus. Save me, Jesus. He's here to do that. Every eye closed. If you've never done that, I'm not going to call you up here, but just where you're at, would you just raise your hand? Say, I've never given my life to Jesus Christ. And I have to. I must right now, today. Let me see your hand. If, I, if it's not high enough, I can't see it. Yes. Yes, ma'am. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. Every eye closed. God bless you for that. Anyone else? Jesus, now's my time. I want to be saved. Save me, Jesus. Anybody else? All right. You can put your hand down, dear sister. We're going to pray for you. But this is my second call, and then we got we got to skedaddle. 
Your walk is not what you want it to be. You want more. You want that fire. You want that spirit. You want the infilling of the Holy Spirit. You want the glory of God. And you say, I want more of God right now in my life. Every eye closed, raise your hand and say, I want more right now in my life. Right where you're at. In the name of Jesus, I want more. Fill me with the Holy Spirit, Jesus, once again. It happened 30 years ago, but once again, make it fresh. Holy Spirit, I'm going to pray. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. Hungry hearts, fill us. Fill us afresh. Fill us anew. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for touching us. Thank you for pouring in new wine, new oil right now. We pray for our dear sister who raised her hand to know you, Jesus. We pray for her to be saved right now. Everybody say this with me, with her. You, my dear sister, say this with us. We'll say it with you out loud. Everybody, Jesus, save me. You're here. I'm here. Let's make it happen. Come into my life, Jesus. I surrender to you totally. My Savior, come into my heart. I release the past. I repent of the sin. And I recognize your love. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for saving me. Almighty God, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening. To learn more about Encounter Church, visit ecdenver.org or find us on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram.